the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team pummeled the Michigan State Spartans 87-70 this past Tuesday. Hunter Dickinson dominated the paint on his way to scoring 33 points, nailing 13 out of 19 shot attempts and 7 out of 9 free throw tries, snagging 9 rebounds and blocking 4 shots. Dickinson received some assistance from Caleb Houston, Devontae Jones, Terrence Williams, and Eli Brooks. Houston added 16 points on 4 successful field goals and 6 made free throws, Jones tallied nine points and buried four shots. Williams accumulated all nine of his points from behind the three-point line, and Brooks drained four field goals to contribute eight points. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And good afternoon, Pastor Rick here. Uh, I actually took some time today to listen to uh, Ed Bondarenka's uh, radio show. And uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to the guest. Uh, the only downside is she kept getting interrupted by the host. Uh, <laughs> who's my co-host, Ed Bondarenka. How you doing, Ed? I'm just fine. You are <laughs> fancy. I am, I am. You, you like that, huh? Um, and uh, we're going to have an interesting conversation. I, I think uh, as far as Ruach, I have a little bit to uh, to add into that. So that'll be interesting at the bottom of the hour. We'll have her back. Uh, maybe sooner if uh, uh, we got a guest who's calling in and I want to talk to her. Um, we talk a lot on our show about abortion, the evils of abortion right away. and uh, everything else. And... What we sometimes fail to mention is uh, we live in a world of humanity. And even when you read the Bible, even the greatest men in scripture uh, make mistakes. They make choices they shouldn't have made. They make wrong decisions. And yet they still can turn back to God. And in our world today, there are ladies that they make a wrong decision and they get pregnant before they are cap- before they're ready. And uh, they just made a bad choice and they should not be chastised or, or belittled in life because they made a poor choice. Because folks, if we're gonna do that, we might as well just start belittling everyone who's made a poor choice in their life. I've made quite a few. For example, I have Ed Bondarenka as my co-host. I love him, but you know, poor choices are made and you live with them. Um, And there is a case where sometimes a woman who gets pregnant and she shouldn't have, and there are organizations out there that help these young ladies. But I wanna first, before I bring in our guest, I wanna make a statement to this, and this is to the church. We have a responsibility not to tear apart a young lady because of a bad choice she made. 
And we have got to let them know about the redemption of Christ. We have to let them know that they have a loving God. And they have to know that we are not going to just throw them out on the streets or, or uh, cut them off because of a choice they made. But I thank God, and I mean that so literally, I thank God daily that there's groups out there like Family Life Services that helps these young ladies when they've decided they've made a choice. And, and, and not all of these young ladies are single, by the way, folks. Some of these are young ladies that are married that just aren't ready to have children in their life, but they need some help and they don't want to lose their child. And they can go to a place like Family Life Services and get assistance. And um, I, I thought I should say that as much as I do harp on abortion, I want you to know, as I understand, people do things that end up with unexpected results. And so we have Yari from Family Life Services. I love her. I've spoke to her many a times. She is like one of my favorite people in the world. And uh, she's with Family Life Services and they have an event coming up. How are you doing, Yari? I'm doing really well, Rick. How, how am I um, coming through? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Fabulous. I can hear you I'm as so fine as I am. Again. What's that? <laughs> I said, I'm so happy to be with you again. Yes, it's always great having you online. You have your, uh, you have your, uh, your big. Finally, you don't have to do it online. You don't have to do it or miss it or anything because of COVID. You're actually getting together and having your big dinner. There's going to be a party, Pastor Rick, and it's going to be pretty amazing and spectacular. We've been waiting. I know that um, the the fun story is that uh, back, you know, it seems like so long ago in 2020, um, the annual. Um, banquet that we had planned was the exact same day that they started precautions against um, gatherings uh, that were greater than 250. So it seems like so long ago, now that as God wills, we seem to be close to the other side of the pandemic. Um, and so we are so excited that, again, it's been two full years that we've been unable to really, in a comfortable way, come together as a pro-life community around this really beautiful cause of our great organization um, in Ypsilanti that helps women. And we are so, so very excited to be able to not um, have a hybrid event, um, but just go 100% live over at the um, Ann Arbor Eagle Crest Marriott in Ypsilanti. Um, our event is going to be on Thursday, April 21st, which is the Thursday after Easter. So it's super easy to remember. We're going to celebrate um, the resurrection of our Lord. And then we're hoping to gather in celebration, um, not only of that amazing event that obviously changed history and our own salvation, um, but also uh, just the amazing success that our organization has had um, over these last uh, several, several years. I love to tell this story every time you're on. So I know you've heard it before. I know Ed has heard it before. And probably all 17 of my listeners has heard this story before. Uh, there was a few few years ago, there was a, a march where a bunch of us Christians got together to sing and worship our Lord uh, across the street from the uh, Planned Parenthood in Ypsilanti. And uh, I was with my dear friend, Reverend Yule. And as we're outside, because we're not allowed to go on to the property of Planned Parenthood uh, to take the people in the march over onto the property because that'd be trespassing, so to speak. But uh, Reverend Newell and I, as we're singing, we both were looking at a sign that was on the door of Planned Parenthood and we couldn't read it. And we figured they put a sign up there to be read. So Reverend Newell and I went to read the sign on the front doorstep and we went up there and we prayed all the way up to read the sign. And then after we read it, it said closed. Uh, we, we then prayed all the way back that it remained closed. And mm -hmm. guess what? The Lord provided and closed down Planned Parenthood. But then the miracle wasn't over. 
Then Family Life Services, a pro-life, pro-child organization says, we will take the building. And that's where you find Family Life Services in the old Planned Parenthood building and no longer murdering children, now helping them come into this world. And on the other side of that, it was such a blessing. We moved there in February of 2018. The prior year was when we were able to finalize the sale. Um, and fall of that year is when, again, we were able to come together as a pro-life community. Um, we were joined by several clergy members as well as a few priests. Um, and we were able to bless up that space, Pastor Rick, in such a beautiful and compelling way. Um, there was so much prayer and so much anointing over that space after we were able to claim it for life as our own. It was just such a mm -hmm. fun um, part of our history that I'm really proud to be a part of. So, yeah. So I'm excited to hear about this dinner. I'm, I'll let you introduce and talk about your guest speaker. He is remarkable. Um, he is. Unless, unless you change speakers. You say, <laughs> no, we're sticking <laughs> with the same guy. We're really excited. We had to get on his calendar because he's a pretty popular guy. Um, yeah. But this, um, this um, next coming month. Oh, we're so it's not Rick. And no, well, again, Rick's going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to try to be there. Right while he was drinking. I like that. <laughs> that was pretty well-timed. <laughs> yep. My, um, I, my wife and I always love the uh, the events. Yeah. So, so Dr. Mark Newman is our speaker for April. Um, and our, our theme for the year is making all things new from a scripture verse in Isaiah. Um, and so there has just been so much, again, revolutionary change in our ministry over the last couple of years. Uh, we've really been able to take um, the pandemic, which has, again, had an understandable break from our high client volume um, in terms of people coming into our space to really reassess how we can help women best. And we've made so many amazing fun changes in terms of being able to provide a more paper-free experience to women. We've updated the way that we um, make it more convenient for them to be able to come into our center um, in terms of scheduling. We've been able to update the way that we market to women online with digital ads. Um, we've actually revolutionized their experience when they come in to really optimize the medical services that we provide that we understand are more compelling to women that are considering abortion and really perceive of it as a medical procedure. And so again, all of these changes, all of this retraining, we've done a really great focus on being able to reach out specifically to our younger clients, knowing that again, Generation Z, which are women that are under the age of 24, but still childbearing age, those are the majority of the women that are choosing abortion now. Um, and a lot of things that um, a lot of folks don't also understand that just in 2020, so again, during this pandemic in the state of Michigan was the first year that medication abortions were more common than surgical abortions. And so these are the things that Planned Parenthood would promote as at-home abortions. Um, just this idea that women can go to their local abortion clinics, get prescribed a pill, and then essentially have the experience which can sometimes be very traumatic for women, as we saw in Abby Johnson's uh, movie, Unplanned. Were you guys able to see that movie? Yes. It was really compelling. Mm -hmm. They had, again, yes. a visual representation of, of her experience having two at-home abortions, is what they call them. Um, and these were the kinds of abortions that in the um, 2020, for the first year, were more common than surgical abortions. And so, again, our industry um, that we are competing actively against in the culture of life, you know, competing against this culture of death, death has been taking this shift um, and we're really trying to, in our organization, respond to that, um, knowing that, too, um, I don't know if you guys follow the whole, like, changes that have been happening in legislation as well. You guys know, obviously, the Dobbs versus Jackson. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
was heard by the Supreme Court um, in December. And um, something else that happened in middle uh, the middle of December was the lifting of uh, the REMS. Are you guys familiar with that at all? No, please let, let sure. educate so, our, our listeners. Sure, no worries. So the REMS um, is actually an abbreviation for uh, risk evaluation mitigation strategies. I think um, you guys can check me on that later if you want to Google it. But essentially, it's um, a program that's put forward by the Food and Drug Administration um, where a limited amount of medications, because of, again, the impact that they have, um, have certain um, restrictions placed on them in order to keep the people who are um, taking these medications safe. And um, I can't say the word, mephispristone, so the the drug that is taken in order to cause this medication abortion is um, has been on this REMS list for some time. Um, and the specific um, mitigation or sort of strategies that they used to limit that was that it had to be prescribed in person. Obviously, that allows a physician to be able to really verify the gestational age of that pregnancy, um, you know, with an ultrasound scan before that's prescribed. Um, and mid-December, um, in my opinion, not coincidentally, shortly after the Dobbs case was heard um, on the federal level, uh, the Food and Drug Administration permanently lifted that restriction, which means that in some states already, women are able to be prescribed a medication abortion without actually being in a physician's presence at the time of prescribing. And that completely and utterly revolutionizes and changes our own perceptions of the abortion industry and women's experiences of trying to find that abortion. It means that in some states, that may just be a telemedicine and over um, the internet process now. And again, and so they don't have to thing. say, find out if it's under 24 weeks or over 24 or whatever. Well, medication um, abortions that, are limited to 10 weeks, um, according to the, the Food and Drug Administration. But we do know that the majority of women by 10 weeks have understood that they are pregnant. And so, again, yep. that is also the largest percentage of abortions that happen are in those first 10 weeks, right? right. And so, yeah, with the lifting of those restrictions, it really kind of changes our pro-life movement in terms of how we're responding to that. If you think about these great sort of partner initiatives that are being taken to really have prayer at um, our abortion uh, facilities so that there can be a visible life presence when women are going in for those appointments, right? Um, 40 Days for Life and Sidewalk Advocates for Life have a real life presence outside of our local Planned Parenthoods here, right? Um, that sh might not matter in the future. If, um, again, um, in the state of Michigan, it becomes legal for, for people to um, prescribe medication abortions uh, without having um, in-person procedures. And so it's Real pretty quick. compelling. You offer great services. Now, I sent uh, Ed, the he, he's the one who posts up our, our uh, uh, stuff online and all of our podcasts and everything else. I sent him your, your um address web address to put up yeah. with that at fls fls friends dot org that's dot, right dot org or is it fls friends dot net uh there's a network there um <laughs> it's fls friends dot org and that's exactly where you can go to learn about again how we're coming together as a pro-life community in april okay um, we're going to be inviting Dr. Mark Newman. He's a uh, president of Speakers for Life, um, and he's just an amazing um, gentleman who just has a great message to share about how individually, again, the pro-life movement sometimes can be perceived of as being at a distance, right? We can't really personalize the situation when abortion is such a huge issue, and sometimes we're on our own journeys towards how we can be involved in that. And so he really um, just shares a great message of how uh, we can all just have a call to action to really um, do what we can to really um, 
kind of get more involved um, in this pro-life movement um, by supporting um, us as a pregnancy resource center with their their time and their talents too. All right, now I'm going to sit here and sound silly. I've got this web web address flsfriends.networkforgood.com. It does not work. Events. Stop. You sent it to me. It's broke. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just go right. to flsfriends.org like the young lady said. And there I would do what the young lady right says because there, that'll take you to that separate site that Pastor Rick was mentioning. So yeah. The shorter right. one's easier. So yeah. Yes. FLS. So, Ed, put that site, the one the young lady gave us, on yes. on with the podcast so people know where to go so they don't go where I tell them to go, which is generally in the way wrong direction. And, we, have, uh, we have several options. Again, we were just able to go live with tickets in the past couple weeks, and people have the option of purchasing an individual ticket or even just a couple ticket um, for $200 for a couple. They can also sponsor a table um, that'll um, give them seating for them and um, seven of their invited friends. And so if you guys do want to get a group together from your small group or from your church um, to really have a nice evening out among adults to really be able to get um, fired up around the pro-life movement, you guys can also take that um, table um, kind of ticket level as well. So, And I'm telling you, you never go cheap on the food. The food is always wonderful. The, the, the talks are always absolutely awesome. But then the money is used for important things. It's not just paying for the food and it's not just paying for the speaker. It goes towards really important things like what? <laughs> so as a, your friendly pregnancy resource center, um, a woman, again, who may find herself in a circumstance of need, um, well, usually the, the primary way that she's able to connect with us if she is considering abortion is by doing a Google search. Um, that is the way that young people these days solve all of their problems, right? And so, um, or at least get more educated on them. And so someone may be searching, okay, you know, abortion in Ypsilanti or abortion in Ann Arbor, right? Um, and because of, again, the investment of our supporters, people will actually see Family Life Services um, amongst the top results. Um, that is actually an initiative that just started last year to really be able to reach out to women. We can have all the best services in the world. Women could have the best experience after they come into our center, but if they cannot connect with us digitally, then it doesn't matter that we're there. <laughs> so it's really, really important that people understand that we're competing with a digital ad spending budget that is exponentially larger than ours. Do you understand? Yes. So in order to be able to get to a point where we can show up in our digital search results and have people kind of have the option of having a life-minded, you know, option to an answer to their unintended pregnancy, that essentially takes financial support, right? Um, we just entered into that game last year. We were able to partner with Focus on the Family as well as Save the Storks in order to really optimize our client marketing. Um, but we're really looking at trying to up that game as we um, continue to see uh, the demand for abortion increasing in our county. Um, so they will reach out to us over the, the, the computer. And once they're able to kind of um, fill out an interest form, we'll connect with them over the phone and make an appointment. Um, when the woman comes in for her appointment, she'll be able to sit down with um, someone we call a peer advocate. And that's somebody who's really gonna be able to assess their situation. Um, she'll be able to provide a free pregnancy test as well as a free ultrasound um, by medically licensed personnel. Um, and after that experience of being able to be introduced to her child for the first time in a very life-minded way, um, 
research has shown that the woman is most open to hearing about her different options after having that ultrasound experience. And so that's when we really sit down with her and we'll be able to say, um, what obstacles are you up against right now? Understandably, you might be overwhelmed, but you're not alone in this. We're really able to kind of walk alongside you and and um, nobody can make an informed choice if they think abortion is their only option, right? And yep. so we really are an answer to that, to be able to sit down and say, um, in the event that you could view yourself as a mother, what kind of support would that take? Um, and do you understand that, again, there's a whole community of people that are able to come around you, um, walk through that difficult journey with you, um, and also provide materially for that. So we have women who participate in our education program on a weekly basis where they can meet with other women that are journeying down that path of mothering, oftentimes um, alone without their partner, um, on a weekly basis. Um, similarly, we invite women into our space to be able to select from over 100 different items that we're able to provide for them, um, for their child. So um, anything from cribs to diapers to um, clothing, um, shoes, we really do walk with women through a lot of their material need um, and provide for items for that child up until that child reaches age five or six. And so right. it really that, is a considerable amount of support we provide. And that event is going to be the Thursday after Easter, Thursday That's after right. Resurrection Sunday. That it date again? Our night for life. Um, and we're really excited again. Um, that our theme for this year is making all things new. There's been so much change in the world recently. Um, and we know um, that only um, through the, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is he the one who can really just um, have that reset in everybody's life um, in an ongoing way, with that unintended pregnancy, um, but really within our pro-life movement as well. And we're gonna have you back on the air before the event to remind people again, we just have to get that date all worked out right and make sure everything's covered. What's that? We would love got, that, absolutely. Yes, and uh, matter of fact, I'll probably uh, talk to you a little bit during break about that as we go into it. We do have another guest coming on, so don't hang up before break. No worries. Because uh, I do want to make sure we have time to get you back on. And um, I, I will have to say, folks, if you have not been involved with with FLS, Family Life Services, um, you're making a big, big mistake, especially if you stand on the events and you stand by life over death, if you stand for birth over abortion, if you're not stepping up, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And uh, I know Yari wouldn't say that, but I have no problem saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Where yeah. do you salt light, Pastor Rick? Absolutely. <laughs> That's important in this movement, absolutely. Yep. Ed, you have something? Back, yeah, back in the 80s, there were people who were firebombing um, Planned Parenthood buildings, and I'm so glad they didn't firebomb yours or you wouldn't, the one you're in now. You see how God worked men. in that? You see yeah. how God turned 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 a, 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 a temple of death into a, a place where you can come and find Protection. Redemption. It really is a safe space. Absolutely. You yeah. redeemed and the building. More and more, um, that's what women are looking for, is really a safe space where they know they won't be judged, where they know that nobody's going to be selling them anything, where nobody has their own vested interests in whether or not they're going to make a profit off of their time of crisis. Um, and in a very real way, we're able to be that trusted source. So. Now, I, I've been reaching out and, and Yari's been reaching out about helping out on this event. But I also want to say to our listeners, if you are a, a woman that is facing a pregnancy and you're feeling alone and you're feeling kind of cast out by your church and stuff like that, and you, you need a safe place, 
get in touch with Family Life Services. They are angels of mercy and uh, they will be there for you and call them, get in there and they will help you. Are you hiring? Are you looking <laughs> so for a development manager that. or a receptionist? We absolutely are. If, if anybody at all, again, any um, God-loving Christian, we're very interested in being able to connect with you. We have a part-time receptionist position that's open right now. Um, it would only be hours on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, mostly in the afternoon. Um, anybody with, again, administrative background, we're a really um, great group of folks that we can um, work together for this great ministry. We open every single day in prayer. Um, and we're also hiring for a full-time development manager position. I'm glad that you brought that up because, again, those are two really, really important positions that are really going to be able to move our ministry forward. And like I mentioned, it's very habit-forming once you get started in the pro-life movement. It was almost 14 years ago that I started as a volunteer. And if you told me that I would be where I am right now, I would have laughed at you then. But we all know that's the way the Holy Spirit Spirit works. Yes. You went from a volunteer to talking to talking to a cut rate radio show host. On the air. Oh, Way funny. to go. Hey folks, uh, we're coming up on break. We'll see you after these commercials. And now more with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Pistons defeated the Toronto Raptors 108-106 this past Thursday. Jeremy Grant scored 26 points, buried eight field goals, and nailed eight free throws, while Sadiq Bey tallied 23 points, drained eight shots, and grabbed six rebounds and Cade Cunningham accumulated 22 points, 12 of which came behind the three-point line, 12 rebounds, and five assists. Grant, Bay, and Cunningham received support from Hamadou Diallo and Isaiah Stewart, who combined for 21 points, eight successful field goals, five made free throws, and 12 rebounds. Detroit outscored Toronto by 12 at the three-point line and nine in points off turnovers. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And Pastor Rick Dietering here, we are back. Uh, Exodus 3.14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Folks, I don't know if I am sent me to you, but the radio waves at Wham Radio sent me to you and to your living space and to your listening pleasure. Uh, folks, please reach out to Family Life Services. I uh, commandeered Ed Bondareka's guest from his show, Beth, who is uh, with Ruach Radio. And I, as soon as I heard her mention Ruach and how she got it, and she's telling her story, all the way through, I said, she is going to steal my thunder because I have something that's just going to blow her away when this, and she may or may not have realized it, but she didn't. And um, she is with Ruach Radio, and you know, it means spirit, it means breath. All right. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God, and he he is God. Do not take away from God, as some calls would like to do. And, and Ruach is beautiful. That verse I just read, 
where it says I am who I am and then tell them I am set you, gives us the tetragrammaton. Uh, for those of you who out there don't know what that is, it's four letters, no vowels, that is the name of God. Um, some people say it as Jehovah, some people would be wrong because the Jews didn't have J or the 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 wa in it is not a vav, it's not pronounced as a V, it's pronounced as a W. And uh, if you want it to be a V, it's gotta be a bet, a soft bet, and that'll be V, and then it changes the whole thing all over and you have to rewrite the Bible and that's just gonna take too much time. We're not gonna do that. So it's Yahweh uh, is the way Folks, we say it, back. but that Don't would be wrong. <laughs> but, but. With that being said, it's not even Yahweh. And this is the wonderful thing. It's not even pronounceable as a word. The name of God, as in the Bible, that if you're reading the King James Bible, every place where you see the word Lord in all caps is Y-H-W-H. In Hebrew, what we say Yahweh. Now, this is the kicker. It's not pronounced that way. The sound of Yahweh is that of a breath. The letters put together, when you say it, the name of God is a breath. The Y-H is an inhale and Yahweh. And with that being said, when you take the child, the first thing a child does coming out of the womb is to take a breath. When you sit back and you are frustrated with something, what do you do? You take a deep sigh, a deep breath. You are saying the name of God and not even realizing that you're praying. And we're told not to take or carry the name of God in vain. And every breath you take, you're saying the name of God. Don't do it in vain. So as you have this, this as close as the name of your book again, Beth, Closer than your breath. Closer than your breath. The breath is the name. Your breath is saying the name of God. Isn't that neat? It's I amazing. wanted to share that with you. It is so amazing. We were years ago when uh, Doc and I lived in Colorado. We were at a church service and our pastor was playing someone who was talking about. <sighs> yep. So when the Lord said, fast forward, all those years later, that he wanted us to put a stream, a radio stream on the air called Ruach, it grabbed our hearts immediately because you know how God will do it? That he prepares something a long time ago, a long time before, and then he just waits to use it. So we had already heard that word and he had just prepared our hearts to go, oh yeah, that's it. And the Holy Spirit grabbed my husband's heart like you would not believe sitting at that table that night when the Lord said, Ruach. <laughs> well, go ahead. You know, Genesis 2, 7, uh, and the Lord God formed man of the slime of the earth and breathed into his face the breath of life and man became a living soul. Yes. You, th you think about everything we go through when we're in pain, our breathing changes. Each breath that we take, depending on the mood you're in, the, the part of life you're in, the last thing you do when, when you pass away, it's not an inhale, it's an exhale. Yeah. It, every, from birth, the first thing that happens is an inhale, not an exhale. The very first thing that happens with the child coming out is, is an inhale. The last thing is an exhale. So the breath is complete at all times. Ooh, um, I think we're gonna have to use that one, Pastor Rick. On Ruach, we're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> oh, please do. And, and the first uh, verse. Sorry, go ahead, Ed. Oh no, Rick was either. Way, I don't. I can wait. Uh, well, I was just uh, gonna. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. 
Uh, three people here, all all alpha talkers. So, well, I was just going to say that uh, very quickly. No wonder that the demonic forces wanted to put masks on our face and Absolutely. restrict the breath. One thousand exactly. percent, one thousand percent to shut us up. And the scripture, the first time that Ruach is ever in the Bible is actually the second verse in the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 2, the earth was without form and void and the darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God or the breath of God, the Ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters before there ever was even a breath to be taken by us as human beings. He was already and, there. And and the and the the sound of that breath of God is the sound of a breath that he gives his name. And that's actually how you pronounce Yahweh in the Tetragrammaton. Once you get all the vowels and everything else, there there is no other way of pronouncing it. Yeah. I, I thought the Jews were not allowed to pronounce the name of God, and that's why they went to the Tetragrammaton. Well, no, no, no. They went to Lord to take out the Tetragrammaton because they're not allowed to write it. The Jews will not write the Tetragrammaton. They will not write it. I'll have to find that study Bible I had and throw it yeah. away. Okay. Yeah, it's uh no they 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 will put in Adonai, all mm -hmm. in caps. Well, the King James puts it all in caps. The Jews will put in Adonai, for for Lord in in the place of the uh, tetragrammaton. Uh, the, the same as they won't even say God. They'll put G hyphen D, um, because they don't want to do it. What they don't realize, every breath they take, they are saying the name of God. Now, are they saying it in vain? In other words, folks, every breath you take. You better be doing it for God, because if you're not doing it for God, you're taking his name in vain with every breath you take. I want you to think about that next time you inhale or exhale or both. Try to travel in pairs. pairs better that way. Yeah, I'm taking notes here, y'all. I'm a note taker. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And uh, so as, as you were talking about it and, and that whole idea of uh, now, now, here, here's the wonderful thing is uh, Ed and I don't agree on everything theologically, but you know, Jesus said, when people came up to Jesus and said, hey, there's other people casting out demons and stuff in your name. And he says, hey, um, if, they're, if they're for us, they're not against us, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, we all believe in the sanctification of Jesus Christ. We all believe in salvation through Jesus Christ. And we can agree on that. I just think it's really wonderful that when we can talk about the breath of God, whether your book, Keeping Your Children, or anything else, uh, when we talk about the breath of God, we have to understand that that means much more than just a word on a page. Absolutely. It is, we are, when, when as you say, when we are, uh, when, when God is closer to us than our breath, he is our breath. Everything yes. that we, we say his name multiple times throughout the day, and it should be done with praise. And for me, it wasn't just that I was breathing. I believe that he was resuscitating me over and over because in my flesh, I didn't think I could live. I didn't want to live. But the Ruach, the breath of God breathed for me during those times when I'm, I literally might have just gone ahead and died. 
I understand when people are at the place when they are so desperate with suicide and wanting to just to leave, to, to take it all and just be done with it, because that's where Satan brings us to, to take our very life and breath away. And I get that. I understand now why even then when I went through that, that the Lord was going to need me to use my voice and breathe in and out to speak that understanding of that desperation and that he is there. God is there. Yahweh, the breath of God, Ruach is breathing through us and he stands ready to breathe that life and hope back into us. Now to take, take, take a little bit more, still trying to blow your mind, Beth, with, with all this great stuff. Okay. Uh, in Hebrew, we have a commandment to not take the name of your God in vain. Now, a lot of us put that to say that it means don't just don't 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 curse with it or anything else, or just don't call it out and everything else. That actually in the Hebrew, what it means is don't carry his name in vain. We carry the name of the third person of the Godhead as we walk around. We say we're Christian. We are carrying the name of Christ. We better not do that in vain. The name of God, we are not to carry in vain. We say his name often, none of it should be in vain. So when we say we are gods, when we say we're his children, when we say that we are, we belong to Christ, we cannot carry that in vain, which means without, with emptiness. So every breath we take cannot be in emptiness. It has to let our God shine. We have got to give him the glory. We have got to give him the praise with everything we do because the second we stop doing that, we're carrying his name in vain. And the commandment says not to. Preach, preach, Pastor Rick. That's what we say, preach. I'm glad I'm glad you clarified that about taking the name. It's like it's like taking the name of, of uh, taking a label on yourself. And yes. then not acting like it. That is when you're in vain. It's empty. It's and it's it. God hates that. He absolutely, in fact, he forbids it. Like, don't even take my name. It's a trademark violation if you take my name and you're not one of mine. You're gonna pay for it. Oh, by and the if way, you're abusing his name. Friend, if you're abusing his name, yes, that's taken in vain too. But how you live your live your life yeah. is also yeah. are you taking it in vain? A friend of ours, uh, a Jewish fellow. Uh, just texted me. You you know him also, and he says that the the Orthodox won't even say Adonai unless actually praying. They will use Hashem, meaning the name, right? But I'm I'm saying that's why we have Adonai now in the in the Old Testament in, the, in our Bibles. is a It's a carryover um, of not trying to abuse the name of Yahweh. But we say the name of Yahweh multiple times a day. And what I want to make people aware of and why I had Beth call in is part of this awareness as she's talking about the breath of God and everything else is coming to it. I think a combination of that brings us to this conversation today, that as we breathe, we are calling out the name of God. When we take and that we heavy sigh when we're in trouble, yeah. When we are in trouble and we take that heavy sigh, we're calling out the name of God. When we are crying and we go, you know, that deep inhale that you get, shaking it, that we are calling out the name of God as it is pronounced in Hebrew, as it's given to the Jewish people. And we better not be doing it in vain. We have got to strive. It's called sanctification in the Christian life. If we are truly sanctified, if we're truly his, then we shouldn't be doing anything in vain. Everything that we should be doing should be towards his glory, his glory alone, his praise alone. You know, you got you got the picture, folks. So thank you for having Ruach Radio, because again. <laughs> it's, it's actually Ruach, which is R-U-A-C-H dot live. 
and we have an app and the thing that <clears throat> excuse me the thing that the lord said to my husband was that this is not to be a traditional christian radio station and i'll just go out on a limb here and say that i've spent a lot of time around christian radio and that it's easy to get caught up into the j e dollar sign u dollar sign of using the name of Jesus as just another way to make money. And so the Lord said that this is to be about him and not about money, and that we are to say, preach, talk the name of Jesus over and over and over, and it's not about us, and it's not going to have all the same kind of songs. The Lord said he's doing something different and new. Were you saying something, Ed, or were you praising God? No, I I, well, that too, but I was going to add, I was going to interject something here. What you were just talking about, like the monetization of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of the book Escape from Christendom? No, I haven't, but I'll take oh. notes right now and write it oh, down. Oh, my goodness. It's, I actually scanned it when it went out of print. I scanned it and I made a PDF out of it. And I was, uh, you know, it was copyright violation, but if somebody won't keep it in print, you know, I wanted people to see this. Now you can you can read it online. It's about a pilgrim's journey, and he's he's basically looking for the city of God. And they say, "Oh no no no, you've reached a, a Christian city, city of God. That's a different place." And so he sets off on a journey through these various wildernesses on his. I'm getting choked here. Yeah. On his approach to the city of God, and it's it's quite enlightening. Christian city is a whole different place than the city of God. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to find that because that is, wait a minute, Christian City versus City of mm. God. Okay. No, it's right. called Escape Escape from Christendom, and it's by Robert Burnell, Escape okay. from Christendom. Okay. I'm going to go and find it because doc, my husband just said that it's still available on paperback, in paperback. Oh, good. They must have reprinted it. That's great. Good. Well, and, and for me, that's who I have to answer to God for what we're using the airwaves for. And because of for what I have walked through in my life, I know that I'm not the only one that's desperate. I know that we have suicide rates higher than they have ever been before in history that's counting what's going on. And there cannot be a waste of the airwaves that when we speak, that we are to speak the word of God. And he was very clear to my husband and me in the in the book of Psalms, it says he sent his word and he healed them. And so the words that we're to be speaking are not just words that we come up with, which, you know, we are. We are, we love our people. We love who's listening, but, and I want to give people hope, but the hope and the way of escape and the healing comes from the word of God, the Bible. So even when we're on Ruach for people who are used to listening to Christian radio, they might be like, um, okay, what's she talking about? Because if I'm going to share a scripture from um, Matthew, then I'll say, this is a scripture from 
the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, which is one of the gospels of Jesus, which is the good news. It was the time that Jesus was on the air because the Lord said to me, if you use this time and you only speak to Christians and we know Christians need encouragement, we do. But so many, the research is showing how many people have walked away from the church and how many people have never even darkened the doorways and won't if they don't hear about Jesus. So when we're sharing, it's not just Jesus to Jesus, Christian to Christian. It's to the people who don't know and who are lost and dying and desperate and may not feel like they could take even one more breath. So that's what the purpose of Ruach.live being on the air is for, is to reach people who are desperate in whatever place of their walk are across the world, actually. That's so cool, so exciting. So we got two people on the line, and I'm okay. going to ask both of our callers to try to keep it short because we are running out of time, and I want to make sure I have time to make my final statement and everything else. So, uh, Joe, real quick, you want a comment about Christian radio? Yeah, this is not your typical Christian radio, as she's saying. It, like your local Christian station that, you know, maybe broadcasts over one city and plays the local choir doing hymns. These are broadcast studio album quality tunes that can cross the country and pop charts that even your kids can listen to and appreciate and absorb something positive for a change. Love you, brothers. Take care. God bless. Yep. Walter. How you doing, hey, Walter? Patrick. Great, guys. Thanks for the guests, yourself, and for clarifying how to really spell the name of Almighty God in the Hebrew. But anyway, to back up what you're saying about taking God's name in vain, I got a scripture to back that up in an example real quick. Titus 1.16. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, mm-hmm. being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. I looked that word up, uh, deny, in the Greek before in my strong, exhaustive concordance. It might not come across as you guys think, but the interpretation in Greek was denying him is contradicting by your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a Christian. What church do you go to? I go to church. You go to church? What's the name of your church? You hear that kind of talk. But anyway, um, I find it a big problem nowadays, more than ever, is people carrying the name of God in Christ and cussing up a storm dropping the F-bomb on your head, your feet, your whole body, other than the other bomb, the real literal bomb. They're dropping, they're using the S-H word, foul language nonstop, and say praise the Lord afterwards. All right. Thank you, Walter. Always appreciate your calls. Yeah, Ed? I'd just like to say, I am not, don't get me wrong, I am not knocking Christian radio, uh, terrestrial Christian radio at all. I mean, they're like a WMUZ locally. It's it's they're a great great guys ministering on there. It's a local pastors that broadcast their shows on there, just like we broadcast our shows here on Wham. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not knocking that at all. I I actually appreciate Wham Radio, and I got to tell you this: Wham Radio, everyone knows, is is not a Christian radio station. And years ago, I was talking to the lovely Linda Hughes, uh, and uh, I wanted to come on and talk about abortion. Do you know how impossible it is to go on a secular radio station and talk about abortion? They laugh at you when you tell them they want to do it, but not Wham Radio. They said, "Please come and do exactly that." And uh, 
has been a wonderful since 2010 uh, uh, journey I've had with Wham Radio. And uh, so radio serves a purpose. And God, if Satan can use the radio, so you can bet God can too. Yeah, we have to be careful in everything that we do, that we examine ourselves and what is the reason for whatever it is that we're doing. Because it can be Christian radio or it can be anything else. It's our motives that we have to be so careful about and check our hearts, right? I, I, I say that, and, uh, and again, this is, it's okay that we don't always agree on everything, is I'm always very careful uh, because I don't want to take God's name in vain of saying what God told me to do or what God didn't tell me to do, because if it's not from him, boy, I just lied about my savior, right? And so, But I can always know that the Bible is the word of God and we can always find the answer. And, and folks, yeah. if, you, if you're hearing something and you think it's coming from the word of God, all I will say is this, if that's within your theology and that's your break, if it's not in agreement with scripture, right. it's wrong. All right, mm-hmm. just absolutely let's right. leave it there. So, right. uh, um, and uh, I think if we as a country started spending more attention of really by my by the definition that I get from the Bible of not taking the Lord's name in vain, it would make this country so much stronger. Mm-hmm. It would then again turn its eyes back towards God. If they, if these atheists and these these soft, what I call soft Christians, which are so wrapped up in religiosity over over Christ Himself, they'd rather have the re- religiosity than have Jesus Himself. If they would just start realizing by claiming that they're with each breath crying out God's name, maybe. Maybe it could change your heart. And if you're listening to this show today and uh, there's been something that's helped you out and you realize that you've been calling on God even when you didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. You know that through every problem you have, you've been calling out his name. And uh, now that you know that, I hope as you go through those times of struggles, those times those times of stress, those times uh, of burden and worry, and as we face a world going into World War III and you're, you got all these worries about going on, just know every breath you take is a prayer. And with that note, folks, have a blessed day, and we'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 